All right, everybody, from that intro, you might know something different. Video night has ended. We are now Video Night Beyond. Where, what is that? What is Video Night Beyond? Uh, let me explain to you real quick. Um, over the years, we have done some sci-fi fantasy movies, genre-type stuff on the show, but just only a smattering. This is to go back all the way to 1980. I figured, well, it was originally supposed to be for the 40th anniversary, but we kind of got delayed. Uh, 1980, up until now, we, had, we grab a handful of movies from each year to discuss, and uh, Andrew is no longer part of the show. He'll come in as a guest star every once in a while, but you know my new co-host from some other shows that he's sat in on. John, say hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. All right there. <laughs> uh, John has been doing some episodes with us over on Video Night over the years. We did the James Bond special, the Star Trek run. Uh, the Godzilla stuff. So I figured you're the best guy to handle some of the more heady. Not everything we're going to be doing is like the mainstream stuff. This is more of the stuff that's a little more challenging usually. <laughs> well, we got a couple weirdo ones in this in, episode. but In some cases, yeah. 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 Um, I'll say this. We were going to do Final Countdown until I was bored out of my fucking mind. And there's hardly any actual sci-fi in it. So I said, forget about it. It's not a bad film. I'm just, come on. I'm just bored. <laughs> uh, what are the three films we're going to be discussing this episode, John? We got Altered States, Battle Beyond the Stars, and Saturn Three. Yay! One greats, one fun, one huh? <laughs> uh, and, and not the ones you expect. Uh, let's start off with the most challenging. I think of all three of them is Altered States. One I had heard legends of, I had seen clips of, I had never watched until this time. Yeah, uh, I was I was actually looking forward to this one partially because this was something I had asked uh, Andrew uh, for. What did we just watch? Because I'd heard about this film, heard it was weird, and he kind of just said it's not weird enough. It's weird, and, but I mean, yeah, I don't. Well, it's like yeah, if you know Andrew, his level for what is quote unquote weird enough is different from everybody else's. Yes. <laughs> so. So I, I was kind of going, okay, he's just, I, I, I'm going to go into this film. It's going to be weird. I'm going to be like, dude, we should have done it. Actually, I have to give it to Andrew. This wasn't weird enough. Yeah, I was this a little was disappointed. boring. Yeah, there's, I like, heard it was a very troubled production, uh, you know, bouncing around with writers and directors, and it finally got going, and it was very expensive. Warner Brothers was aiming everything on it for a big Christmas 80 release, and it only made what it costs. And I think a lot of the problem is it has good ideas, slow execution, and a lot of it has to do with Ken Russell. Ken Russell is an art director you know he does these very complicated sexual you know romantic thriller kind of stuff i don't really know if he's designed for this type of movie yeah one of the things about this is it's a very quote unquote grown-up movie in as much as they start talking about stuff very you know heady ideas and they don't explain it. So they are, they trust that either you understand it or you can figure it out through context clues. I had and to go Wikipedia. I had to look up the plot because I lost somewhere along the way what was going on, what the main point was. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest problem with this is it, the plot does not make sense yeah. in as much as it, 
you know, it's like, okay, the guy, you know, William Hurt's uh, character is looking for, uh, is like, he's trying to try to work on uh, the, the mind and uh, how we are uh, genetic, our genetic memories and things like that. And he's doing this through, like, psychologic, uh, psychological tests and taking psychedelic drugs and things like, and stuff like that, which, fine, you know, he, what they want to, you know, Ken Russell does these trippy moments, awesome, but it's more kind of like just kind of watching uh, Ken Russell jerk off and say, like, look at how, look at how crazy I'm getting, and it's more pretentious than even arty or interesting right and, and not all the characters the characters themselves just really aren't that interesting the actors are fine but the material they're given it's just murky and bleh, bleh, it just it, it yeah. should I guess this, Our, this is still in the whole 70s style of filmmaking it hasn't discovered pop filmmaking where it moves a little faster and is a little more exciting uh, and I think that's a big problem yeah because especially with this film is you know, it has these body horror moments near the end, and that's where I was, I was waiting for that. I was expecting that to be a lot more of a point in this film, and it's like in the, like the back third of it, pretty yeah. much, is all of a sudden, oh yeah, he devolves into an ape man, and then a blob, and then they try to rip off uh, 2001. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just kind of like, he starts going i don't know what i'm seeing here yeah it's it's all about him trying to experiment with like you know trying to figure out why schizophrenia if you think if you think psychedelics and isolation stuff like that can you know fix the mind and i kept thinking that the whole movie was just going to be this psychological trip that he was on that he wasn't actually turning into a uh, you know a, a, a caveman and you know he wasn't transforming that was all in his head but then there's the killings. You're like, well, was he crazy while he did that, or did he actually transform? That part's interesting because you're trying to figure out the mystery. I bet you this played really, really well at midnight movies, and people were dropping acid, getting high, watching it. <laughs> yeah, again, you time your drugs for the uh, for the the trippy stuff at the last uh, 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, you know, but it's again the the biggest problem is it's just it turns into nonsense yeah it doesn't so it doesn't make coherence. any sense how does he even transform i really don't understand the drugs they, they, they talk about all oh, this ancient plant and this this creature and whatever none of it adds up to oh actual transformation it's not a magic movie yeah my fiance heather got really pissed off because i'm i was starting to watch this around the time she was trying to go to sleep and she ended up staying up for a while and just went this is stupid <laughs> and Although I will say this, my cat got very invested in the film once the uh, they moved to Mexico. Oh wow! All that stuff really, really caught my cat's fancy. She was <laughs> just staring at it and so interested. Me, I was kind of. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first movie to ever use air bladder effects, which would be you know just everywhere during the eighties. Yeah, probably. I, I can't think of anything prior to that. And I mean, what American Werewolf is what 81 yeah howling in american world for the next two to use bladder effects in there the next year yeah so i mean it's uh, like i said the body horror stuff when when the guy when uh wayne hurts transforming that stuff's really interesting and cool and i liked it yeah. it's just you know he like i said he turns into the blob man and that's uninteresting and then <laughs> the almost like uh i i 
don't even know what to say at the in the very last little uh, horror moment where it's like, oh, I'm no longer an isolation tank. I'm just doing the. I'm just now de-evolving, and I'm setting my my wife on fire or something. <laughs> I like I I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I still thought the movie was entertaining. It's just like you said, the first half you gotta have patience with. But um, it is really innovative. If it's the kind of thing that you're interested in, I would watch it. Um, I would say our next movie is so mainstream. <laughs> it's from a low budget company who had bigger ideas than they had money, and that's Battle Beyond the Stars. Which I'm gonna tell you right now, it doesn't look any bigger than like an episode of Battlestar Galactica or Buck Rogers. It's it's so stage bound and low budget, but I, I admire what it's trying to do. It's a fun movie. Well, what's funny is I actually think it looks better than than its budget really is. Yeah, like, well, two million is two a mil, shock when you think about it. Yeah, for two mil, it looks good. I mean, the worst thing you can say is within the special effects, you know, like the very stilted uh, you know, spaceship battles in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's probably the worst you can say because everything else, like the makeup effects are good. The the actual uh, design of the spaceships is good. Very interesting. Yeah, Stuff yeah. that I've never... Like, one looks just like two penises slapped together. <laughs> it's really strange. But the illuminated ship is really neat. A lot of it is just... Uh, unique. They they have a little bit of Star Wars flavor, but they're clearly going after a Western. I mean, this is a remake of basically Seven Samurai Magnificent Seven. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like, yeah, it's it's Seven Samurai. It's Magnificent Seven. If you have no idea what those movies are, it's a serious uh, version of Three Amigos with uh, with a lot more people. Or uh, if you don't know what Three Amigos is, and Shame on you for not knowing any of these three films. It's a bug's life. It's Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, it's a form that's used over and over. But yeah, John Sales just just basically wrote uh, just just wrote Magnificent Seven, but in space. God, I love John Sales though. He found a way to make these cheap nothing movies so entertaining. Uh, I think the first one he really did was Piranha. Uh, then he did The Howling, and there's Alligator in there somewhere. This. Um, he wrote Mimic, Jurassic Park 3. I'm trying to remember. It's just like a handful. Of, he'll do the genre film so it pays for his independent movies, which is so brilliant. Yeah, and this is also, all those special effects we mentioned were done by James Cameron. Yeah, very unique design, and uh, uh, I think they're kind of convincing. I mean, especially the time when you watch the, these movies, it can't afford Star Wars-level special effects, like you said, during the, the fight sequences, but still pretty good. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, the cast, basically most of that two mil went to, uh, what? Oh God, who was it? Uh, George Pappard and uh, Robert Vaughn. Right, well, and pretty it, much. Uh, Richard Thomas at the time was a name because he was, I think, we're like five or six seasons in on the Waltons by this point. Yeah, and he also had John Saxon as the villain. Yeah, I love John Saxon. Which, he which, was like the king of trashy is, films. What's funny is... I always think of John Saxon, of course, as the father from Nightmare on Elm Street, and for some reason, in my head, he sounds a lot different in this movie than he does in like three, you know, three years in the future. Oh wow, it sounds the same to me. But um, it, what's funny is this: I think to this day, still the most expensive movie that uh, Roger Corman has ever done. Two million dollars. <laughs> that was forty something years ago. And he reused the special effects and the score over and over and over for the next decade. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's early James Horner score. He's that man has recycled a lot of his music. Yep. Just in general. I never realized it until I was listening to him on Spotify, and I was like, wait, that's the same hook from Battle Beyond the Stars. What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, I this is a film that I had seen. God, I want to say. 25 years ago something like that it, it's been a long time since i've seen it and just watching it again just made me so happy because i remember liking it years and years ago and just now it there's it's silly let's you know don't get me wrong this is a silly movie but i think this is of the three that we watched i think this is my most I had the most fun. With yeah, this one. I've seen this one numerous times. I never saw it as a kid. Apparently, it was a big hit for two million dollars, but for Roger Corman, I have no idea. Oh, it's a seven point five million. That's not a big hit, but I guess for Corman, that's decent size. But um, I, I didn't discover it until video around the year two thousand when they released them on VHS, and uh, Leonard Malton was like the opening host. He would interview Roger Corman about like five minutes of. Uh, you know, what was it like making this movie? This is before, like, DVDs really started adding special features, and I thought that was so cool. And uh, I, I revisit this. It's not my favorite of the Roger Corman years. I think it's Rock and Roll High School is probably my favorite, but it's it's a blast. It's it's better than most of his stuff. It's not trashy at all. No, it, listen, it, it really kind of feels... I mean, again, as we said, it's a... It's basically just a remake of another film, but... Even for cashing in on Star Wars, it doesn't feel crass. It's not like Ice Pirates or some of these other movies. Or what's the one that he that, used? Uh, he used all the same sets and music for um, Space Raiders. Star Raiders? Space Raiders, I think. If you've ever seen that one. I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's a really it, kiddie movie uh, with the same exact sets. He made it for so cheap because he just said, Well, I already have it sitting in warehouses. Do it again. Yeah, and... But please, like, yeah, this does not feel crass. This does feel like everybody tried. Yeah. You know, everyone had a, you know, everyone's game and they're having fun and they wanted to make the best movie that they could as opposed to, again, let's just schlep something out, you know, put a title on it and make and make a couple of bucks. Yeah. And this is where Bill Paxton met uh, James Cameron because he was uh, putting the sets together for him. Yeah, I think I want to say he's also in the movie somewhere, but I might be wrong. Oh my god! I'm looking at this right I, I now. Might, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I it's like I I remember reading that, but I also thought that they said something about he, he they threw like make bottom or something like that, so he's like in a shot or something like that too. It says here that the the starship footage was reused in Space Raiders, which I mentioned before, but also Star Quest Two, Vampirella, The Fantastic Four, Dead Space, and Forbidden World. Some of these movies were fifteen years later. Good lord! Now I'm gonna have to watch Fantastic Four because I want to <laughs> know what they. Use. Well, we're talking that 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 Roger Corman one though for like ninety four, ninety five. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know what you meant. Okay. Man, he really did break in the money instantly. He sold it, not only the box office, but he sold it for foreign distribution to Orion for $2.5 million and sold the cable rights to HBO for $750,000. That dude knew how to make some money. Well, that's that was basically what Corman did. <laughs> was, yeah. You know, make it, make it cheap, sell it for as much as he could. That's the, it's kind of the end for him, though. He's only got a couple more years where he's really making like these interesting low-budget movies. The minute he decided that he had to go straight to video with everything is when it went to shit. Everybody talks about how great he was. It's like, no, he just knew how to hire the right people. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, his the he is the person who, like Troma, 
uh, knew how to uh, find the right kind of talent for his project, yeah. for their projects. And, you know, it's like so many great people came out of both, you know, both of these studios, even though some of these films that they've made are some of the trashiest garbage Totally, ever. yeah. Um, so our final film is one that I kind of slipped in at the last minute because I don't think it's a good movie, but it's an interesting movie. I, it's it's simultaneously outrageous and boring. <laughs> and just ex- I don't know what, I don't explain Saturn 3. <laughs> uh, dude, this movie looked like again, especially in comparison to Battle Beyond the Stars, this movie looked cheap as shit. Really, I, mean, the, I thought okay, the sets, so, I thought the sets were really well done in some of the special effects. But mind you, it was a ten million dollar movie, and uh, a million of it went to that fucking weirdo robot. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. The robot looks pretty good. That's a that's a pretty decent suit. The it's just everything else. Again, I felt. It's the sets are way too sparse and open. And granted, it's supposed to be like a uh, what? A, 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 it's a bio facility. You know, right. They're they're doing uh, plants and stuff like that. So granted, there's a lot of open areas. But even so, it like their uh, Kirk Douglas's bedroom is you know it's like it's the smallest set imaginable for this guy's. Uh, living space true that is weird there's only two people up there and he, he should have a bedroom that's the size of a you know fucking luxury bed a uh, hotel well not even that it seems like it seems like it's a almost like a uh like a studio apartment inside there at times given how close they are in the uh, shooting in that it's like especially in that bedroom especially where we got a lot of time with him and Farrah Fawcett and just everything's so close, so yeah. tightly. T- the one thing that interests yeah. me about this movie is that it's a hodgepodge movie. It's another one that had a very troubled production, and there are times when this feels like it was directed by four different people. Did you feel that at all? It was so schizophrenic in its flow. Yeah, it never felt like it knew what it wanted to do or where it wanted to go at any point. And it's like, not like there's a mystery. It's just... We're okay. Harvey Keitel kills a guy and takes his place, and then is very rapey on uh, Farrah Fawcett. He's a you know total creeper, but that seems to you seem like okay. That's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the thing. Is crazy guy brought a robot and uh, it's going he's going to go and try and kill everybody and he's you know he's a loon. But then it's no no the robot has his brain patterns. And the robot becomes horny and <laughs> and wears his face and wears Harvey Keitel's face at one point. That's that's it's a horrifying like, moment, truly horrifying. Oh yeah. It's just like what is you know, he's like, what is going on? Yeah, it's it's and, like someone had seen how much uh Alien had made the year before and said, Let's do our own sci fi movie and they had this thing where it kind of fit it, but then they added all the sequences with the robot to it. It just feels very all over the place. But there's some really interesting stuff in it. I mean, it starts off like a really cool horror movie when the guy gets sucked out into the air or whatever and then gets all sliced up. You're like, that's a holy shit, wake up, I'm paying attention moment. But then it just stops what seems like for fucking ever to get going again. And you're like, you meet Harvey Keitel who has a weird dubbed voice because it sounds like Harvey Keitel, but it's not Harvey Keitel. It's so close, but it has kind of an upper class British feel to it. Um, can't remember the actor. Uh, he was in the the Beauty and the Beast TV show. What the fuck was his name? Um, I can't remember. 
Um, wait, wait. Uh, are you talking about uh, Ron Perlman? No, no, no. The older guy, the older British man that would help him. I haven't seen the show in forever. No, I, I don't know. Like, I, that's oh, it's I right here. Hamilton and R- Roy <laughs> Dutrice. Look up Roy Dutrice. You'll recognize him. He's in a bunch of stuff. He was uh, basically his father figure in um, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> While he looks that up, I'll uh, say that but, uh, this clearly feels like a movie that was meant for bigger stars, and as it just kept getting whittled down, that they kept going, you know, like, well, we can't get this person, we can't get this person, we're going to end up with Farrah Fawcett and Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas way past his prime, and Farrah Fawcett never established as, uh, a, you know, like a legit actress. Yeah, although we did get to see her boobs, and that's cool. I think she's pretty terrible in this. Kirk Douglas is kind of wacko in this. I think his performance is pretty entertaining because I don't know what's going on in his head. <laughs> he seems like a goofball. Well, it it really does feel like those two are totally insane. Like, they've been isolated for so long that it's just... they're. It, what would have been more interesting is if they killed Harvey Keitel and, you know... It basically, they were the mad people. Right, that would be that interesting. Would have been a much more... Yeah, if they flipped just... it on him, like he's just sexually aggressive, and he had this crazy robot. But what if they turn out to be lunatics, and then they're on the run? You know, that that would be more interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean, what's kind of funny is this movie. Well, I should say the film Virus from '99. Oh it was, Jesus, the only movie I've ever went does, to. I want my money back. Does this film better than this film does with its last? You know how this film's last third is effectively the robot wants is going to, I guess, take over Kirk Douglas's brain, yeah, download itself into a human body, and effectively, yeah, I think Virus did that concept better. The uh, and I go ahead. and I like Virus. I think it's a shitty movie, but I enjoy it for its terribleness yeah it's gonna come up it's gonna come eventually i just i don't know whatever i should have known better any movie that's usually like hey this is supposed to come out in august we're delaying it till january you should fucking know i was too ignorant back then (laughs) yeah yeah but um we have harvey keitel in this and uh he gets taken out halfway through spoilers everybody but he still gives an interesting performance i guess on earth or wherever there the world is right now is that you aren't in relationships, you aren't married, you aren't committed to anybody. It's like basically free love, society. So when he's thrown off by the fact he goes, he literally says, "Can I use your body?" Which is fucking. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a, it, this is such a bizarre movie in like every way, like with character relationships and yeah. stuff like that, and you just kind of. You get a little skeeved out at every moment because, like, especially even the relationship between Farrah Fawcett yep. and Kirk Douglas just seems so skeevy, right? right? She not, seems like she's a dim bulb and he's taking advantage of her, like an aggressive older yeah. man. I felt sorry for her. Yeah, I know. It, it, the movie is just, like, all kinds of wrong. And it, but I'll say this: at least I wasn't entirely bored. I was just kind of like, "Eh, this movie is weird. not good." Yeah, it's just it's well, I just it's fascinating. I think, and it's incompetence and weirdness, but at the same time, like beautiful and what it's trying to. I don't know. It's it's one of the oddest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, there's like like I said, the when we talked about uh, the robot wearing uh, Harvey Keitel's face. Yeah, that 
it's a thing in this film where it, there's violence, there's some stuff, but that comes out of nowhere. And that's yeah, just, oh yeah, that shocked the shit like, out of me. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is the robot design itself is so unusual because we're so used to robots looking a certain way. They usually have a humanoid kind of face, but this just has like two tubes as a face. And it hacks into the computer systems and it uses that kind of its eyes as well. And that was a newer idea in sci-fi at the time. But it, it uh, I want to say that we had this on VHS when I was a kid and I saw a little bit of it, but it was heavily, heavily edited. Uh, this time seeing the full version was very interesting. Well, it's, I, I've, again, until this time I'd never seen this, but I do remember this box, the box art for this. Yeah. Because again, it's basically, it's just, it's that robot design you know, and like I said, I think that suit's really good. It, yeah. It's a, it is definitely an interesting design. Like I said, the, yeah, you said like the little kind of camera head, you know, is, is different than most robots that you would see. Cause you'd think that, you know, hell, they would just paint a guy silver and put, right. some, you know, put some tubes around him or something. And that is part of the problem is that it was more expensive to do it this way and it slowed production down. Because I think it was supposed to be like a $6 million movie and ended up becoming a $10 million movie. Whereas, you know, Roger Corman used what already existed. He didn't break any new ground in special effects with Battle Beyond the Stars. He knew what was already established. He wanted robots. He, like you said, he'd be put guys in silver faces. You know, and use spaceship designs that had already been pre-tested with Star Wars. Um, but this was trying to break new ground, and it just kind of fell on its face. But I do admire what it's trying to do. Yeah, I, I just kind of wish that there was a better story to hang all these ideas yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to just, just kind of a muddled mess of, well, we're doing this now. Okay, we're doing this now. <laughs> well, let's do this over here, you know? What, what the heck? Yeah, it's uh, it's from ITC, which is owned by Sir Lou Grade, who had a big successful film the year before and got flushed with cash from doing the Muppet movie. Sadly, the next year was a complete fucking disaster for him because this and Raise the Titanic cost a fortune and lost a shitload of money. Uh, sadly, I think the last movie he did, I think he had to stop doing the um, the Muppet movies because he couldn't afford to do them anymore. And uh, his last film—I can't talk. The last film was *Fear of a Black Hat* in 1994, which cost about four hundred thousand dollars. That's a big drop. I think I've even seen that one, but off the top of my head, is like it's not coming to mind. But I think I've seen that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so that is it for this episode. Do you like doing the the shorter episodes? I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll have more epi- more movies than just three. Yeah. It, Doing a, doing a shorter episode is good. Uh, being able to uh, be concise is, is wonderful instead of trying to uh, add things. Yeah. <laughs> Make, stretch things out. Oh, I didn't know. You know. He did The Dark Crystal as well, which is going to come up in a couple of years. For us. I mean, a couple episodes, I guess. Ooh, yeah. I like, I love The Dark Crystal. I've so. never seen it before. I'm really interested. I know, I know. I didn't even see Labyrinth until a few years ago. I'm really far behind on certain movies. Oh, well, Labyrinth I like, but not as much as Dark Crystal. Okay. Dark Crystal's much. All right, so that's what we're going to do with every episode. We're going to be jumping uh, from year to year. So the next is 81. We have, uh, I believe, Excalibur, Escape from New York, Dragon Slayer, and uh, something. 
go for... Clash of the Titans. I Clash think. of the Titans. Thank you. That's why you have a good co-host, because he has a better memory than I am. I'm an old man. He's younger than me. He needs a whippersnapper. <laughs> All right. Not by a whole lot. <laughs> uh, uh, catch us on Facebook under Video Night Beyond. Video Night will be changing its look, and uh, the intro music will be different, too. Thank you, Andrew, for designing those. And where can we find you outside of this podcast? I am on Twitter as musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. All right, everybody, that's it. Have a good night. Good night. Hit the lights! (laughs) 